Genre. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute, the podcast where we are talking about one minute of screen time from the 1990 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie for one entire episode of this podcast. I'm your host, Scott Tofty, and with me are my friends Chris, Rachel, and Adam. Hi, guys. Turbular! And today we are discussing minute number two, which starts with a very ominous New York Post headline and ends with one of the best foleyed screams of surprise that I've ever heard in my entire movie-watching life. Um, so let's dig right into it. Cop kills cop by accident. Big story in New York. Tiny little section of the newspaper. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked a little bit about this last minute, but the more important thing is what happens next is uh, the poor guy gets his pocket picked. Yeah. yeah, by, like, literally everybody. Yeah. And yeah, like, the entire population of New York City participates in this one. How do you not feel someone reach into your pocket and steal your wallet? I mean, and have you ever walked around New York City in the middle of the day? You get bumped and grabbed from it all. It depends on how, like, busy it is. It depends on how many people are around, how many people are bumping into you. It's, like, it, it, it's surprisingly easy, he said, not having done that ever at all. Yeah, you don't get to see, like, if anyone else was touching him from the other side, like, distracting yeah. him. Where's that um, guy from Back to the Future 2? I think he took that guy's wallet. I think he took his wallet. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, what I if this is all just an elaborate spinoff? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're all part of some gang that worship this odd man from the 50s, Calvin Klein. How many brush passes do they do? So, like, the first guy, like, and like they, they've coordinated this perfectly. He steals it and passes it off to the next person, like, in a second. Okay, that's one. So he transfers it to a second person. That second person transfers it to two. So I don't see in the crowd shot if someone actually like, I don't think they show anyone passing it off. Two passes it to another guy, passes it to Sid. So three gets it to some kid in the Sid shirt who we have not been introduced to yet. Yeah. Three. It's like it goes through three or four different hands and before ultimately ending up in the hands of somebody wearing a gauntlet for some reason. I want to I want to roll it back just a little bit, um, because there's a, a shot. I picked up something very very quintessentially 1980s 1990s here. Take a look at the shoes at minute mm-hmm. uh, at 12 <laughs> seconds into this minute, right? So this would be like one minute and 12 seconds into the movie. Um, this this person who we've not yet named yet, but we all know who it is. It's Danny. Uh, is wearing a pair of shoes. And I have surmised through my powers of deduction, through my in- amazing investigative skills, that these are a pair of 1989 BK Knights. Do you guys remember BK Knights? Yes. He must have won them on Family Double Dare. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, British Knights sneakers. So founded in 1983 in New York City, uh, they were a uh, sort of inner city and music driven label. By 1990, they had signed MC Hammer to an endorsement deal. So you know uh-huh. they were going places. They very quickly fizzled out. At least out, for a while. Very quickly fizzled out and had to be relaunched in 2014. Because uh, it's, they, you know. They didn't have to be relaunched. No, but mm-hmm. everything from 1990 is getting relaunched nowadays. So, like, let's let's go with it. Yeah, like, nice. I'd buy a you pair. Can, you can buy um, Freaky Freezies now for adults. Like, what a Freaky Freezies? I like how they're not, ma- they're not even making them for kids. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, that's so I don't sad. even know what those are. <laughs> so, they were these gloves that were... You know, like a neon color on the hand part, and on on the back of your hand, there was this white 
panel. And when you went outside in the cold, a design would pop up. And the whole idea was like... How pointless. Yeah, you've got cool designs on your glasses. That was one of those outside. things that my dad was like, what do you need that for? That's stupid. <laughs> You're not getting that. Good dad. Well, there was that whole trend in the 80s and 90s of things that changed color depending on what temperature it was. Yeah, I had a lot of Barbies that would it must have been like, like a, a new a, technology. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, if you put her in cold water, she'd have a pink streak in her hair for some reason. I had a Mr. Freeze that did that. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I had a couple of toys that like when that. When you put them in icy water, they had slime on them. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Wait, there was something else. Oh, man, I'm having memories now of like a toy that you wiped with water. It was, oh, you know what it was? It was a commercial for like some Barbie doll. Yeah, that's what it was. Because mm-hmm. I'm super manly and masculine. And I. Those commercials get into your head, regardless. It's true. There were a lot of uh, Barbies that had color changing elements. And they had matchbox cars that would change yeah. color. I, that's right. I had the matchbox cars too. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, I had those matchbox cars. Oh, those were awesome. Completely different paint jobs. You dip half the car. You never dip the whole car because that, yeah. that's boring. No one does that. <laughs> My nephew, for like Christmas two years ago, that was still a hot thing. He's like, I want the color changing toy cars. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's weird how, how kids, fads, circle back like this. And it's, it's funny how this conversation popped up during a conversation about turtles. All you got to do is wait a few years and they're going to be new to the five-year-olds to ten-year-olds, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this is like the like we're in the fourth or fifth time the turtles have been rebooted and it kills every time. Like all we have to do is wait for another generation of kids to turn eight and Mm -hmm. then boom, her turtles are. And it's amazing. Like you look at back at the comic books in 84 TV show in 87, the movie from 90 and then the sequels up to 93 night two. sorry. Was it 2001? There was another comic series launched Mm -hmm. on image. Yeah, that was some. Well, not only the Image comics, but um, Mirage Comics started doing them again, too. The original company started making Volume 4. I am the resident comic book nerd for for Ninja Turtles here. I'm sitting here with a pile of comics next to me as we read this, just in case I need them. Um, So you got new comics in 2001. You got new cartoon show in 2001, which is what the Image... uh, Sorry, not the Image, but um, Dreamwave Comics came out with... A set of comics based on the 2001 cartoon, and then there's like the 2012 cartoon, which we're on now. Mm-hmm. Not to mention the CGI movie in 2008 or whatever, and now the new. I was drunk when I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> that one wasn't bad. That actually took place in the continuity of this movie. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I remember like watching that years after it came out and going like. Which Turtles universe am I in? Because it's almost all of them in a weird sense. Yeah, it's, there's and it's it's funny because at the end of that movie or somewhere in that movie, there's like a shot and you can see like Shredder's crushed helmet and like the time scepter from Turtles 3. Like there's Easter mm-hmm. eggs all through that. Um, but yeah, all this from simply mentioning British Knights sneakers. Yeah, and British Knights were always like the third place prize on Nickelodeon game shows. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was like there was like the Casio keyboard. A, a Sega Genesis. Yeah, Sega Genesis <laughs> and like some BK Knights. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, Double Dare. But uh, getting back on the on the turtles coming back, I think we were recently in a toy store, and the only turtle that was left was Mikey, Michelangelo. I think mm-hmm. it was Leonardo. The only Leonardo. things that were left were Leonardo and bad guys. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Well, it's yeah. better because it used to be like the only thing that you could find was like April O'Neil and foot soldiers. Yeah, yeah. but no, nobody wanted to buy Leonardo. Well, that is sad. Um, <laughs> I love it because you go into Toys R Us now and they're putting out the vintage toys again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I picked up a, a Bebop and a Rocksteady not too long ago. Like those, that first run of uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles action figures, they were really high quality. That was some good stuff. Well, yeah. I, I think Playmates, Playmates did those, and essentially that run of figures is what got them the TV show, or like vice versa. Like if there's a great documentary called Turtle Power out there, um, highly recommend it. And it goes through how like the the Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman were like they were licensing out their stuff, and Playmates came to them and said, "Listen, if you can get a TV show, or we'll get toys if you can get a TV show. Something there was some deal where like one got them the other." And it was based off like the the Bebop, the Rocksteady, the the Turtles, and Shredder, and the Foot Soldier. Like that was it. And they were you know super high quality and super detailed toys at the time. Like if you look at yeah, um, GI Joe compared to GI Joe and the Star Wars action figures and tra- well, Transformers to a lesser extent. Transformers were pretty solid and cool stuff. Like they they were making them out of like metal and rubber and good hard plastic back then. But definitely, but compared to GI Joe's. And uh, and other action like He Man action figures, uh, the turtles were a big step up in like yeah. sculpting and quality. My favorite point in that documentary is one of the toy designers said that they had almost this policy where after a while, no character could just have two feet. Like like <laughs> like like one was a foot, and then the other was like a manhole cover. You know, like they always <laughs> messed around with what you could do as far as limbs are concerned. Like they almost got bored after a while. Yeah. Well, that must've been like eight years on or something. (laughs) They started out pretty simple. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so let's, let's bring it back into the movie here. Uh, we see the, uh, the wallet get taken from our friend, Danny, who is played by actor, Michael Turney, who I guess went on to be a director. Did not do a whole lot of movies, I don't think. IMDb has him on three credits as an actor and then like a couple writer credits. Uh, I guess mostly things that he directed. Producer credits, again, things that he apparently did on his own. Um, So, yeah, he didn't go on to do a whole heck of a lot. But man, is he memorable in this movie. And it (laughs) also brings us to the second Sex Pistols reference of the film. Uh, his shirt mm-hmm. within the space of a minute. Yeah. Have you ever, have you ever heard of any of Sid, any Sid Vicious solo stuff? It's terrible. I have He has terrible taste in music. <laughs> so do you think he's listening to the Sid Vicious solo stuff or do you think he's just really into like the whole Sid and Nancy drama? <laughs> oh, good question. Like that could be a thing, right? Yeah. Well, it makes it makes you kind of what wonder what happened to his mom because it's just him and his dad, you know. True. Uh, yeah, they never do mention that, do they? Well, that got dark. <laughs> Maybe his mom was Nancy. Oh my god. Ooh. Oh my goodness. Maybe he's. <gasps> what if Charles is like his adoptive father? Yeah, and he's that. That's actually <laughs> Sid Sid Vicious's actual son. You're nothing like my real father. Yeah, I mean, it makes his douchiness a lot more explainable that way. <laughs> Not that adopted kids are douchey, but like this child of Sid and Nancy would probably be kind of a douche, right? Yeah. I imagine so. Plus, you know, being raised by such an overbearing guy like Charles. <laughs> yeah. He is certainly overbearing, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, we find an address. We know where we are in New York City right now. We are at 266 West 41st Street, mm. which puts us... Oh, man, I've played gigs right around there. It puts us 
uh, a little west of the New York Public Library, right behind the Port Authority bus terminal is where oh. that would be uh, in Manhattan. It's pretty much dead a little bit more west than dead center of the island, uh, right off the Lincoln Tunnel. So exactly hmm. the sort of place you're going to transfer your purloined wallets off to. Well, it, it answers ninja. our question as as to earlier what what kind of neighborhood they're in. This is not far from, you know, Times Square area. So it's it's a Times Square in 1990 was not a great place to be. Was it was it still all like porno theaters in yeah, the I 90s? Think it, I think it was yeah. kind of like that until Giuliani was really the one that cleaned that up a lot in New York and got really tough and then on just, I could be wrong. Times Square to the Walt Disney Corporation. (laughs) Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Can we we talk about the music in this scene? Oh, please, yes. Um, Because because this is the this scene is kind of the first time we get really like a taste of the music. It's that I always called it the the Shredder Suite. We kind (laughs) of like there's like the bad guy music in this movie, and then there's the good guy music. But the uh, the Shredder Suite has that like doom 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 kind of thing going on. I think it's John Duprez or John. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Did the music for this, but I've always loved the music in this movie. I mean, our our theme song for this show is, uh, you know, the the sort of the hero theme of this or or yeah. our interpretation of it. But yeah, this this sort of man, I don't even know how to describe it. It's sort of like New Jack Swing meets like new wave kind of synth hard <laughs> pop you just you just said a whole bunch of genres of music i don't even know it's like got a john carpenter vibe to it but it's like yeah a little bit um but yeah man the, i've I, i've always always really enjoyed the music and i tried like the dickens to find a copy of the soundtrack for this online and it is not easy to do mm. it like to the point where you know i'm trying to use the the theme for our our opening credits and i couldn't find a good enough quality version so i just did it in garage band nice my band did a cover of that live once the the opening credits theme we like played it right before a set because we were <laughs> playing at this at this uh venue where they have like a rear projection screen in front of you that slowly rises up to reveal you to the audience. So I was like, we should just play the turtles theme like while that thing's rising. <laughs> so, okay. John Dupre, John du- Duprez was born Trevor Jones in England. So I don't know where that name came from. Uh, he was a member of an eighties hit salsa band and he did film scores for ready. Here we go. Monty Python's meaning of life in 83. <laughs> oh, hey. He did, uh, the next one that I recognize is Once Bitten, the Jim Carrey movie. Oh, that was great. He did A Fish Called Wanda, uh, which features some of the Monty Python cast. Apparently, he was friends with Eric Idle. Uh, And then, like, Ninja Turtles, and then, like, nothing that I've recognized since then. Carry On Columbus, which I've never heard of, and Fascination from 2004, which I've never heard of. Like, he did a couple big movies, all three of the Ninja Turtles movies, and then... Like, just stopped doing movies, apparently. He, oh, oh, he did UHF? Whoa. Wow. Oh, wait, hang on. Here's a whole bunch more. UHF. Um, yeah, and then not much after Ninja Turtles. Nothing, nothing of note, really. The Wind in the Willows. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. Yeah, so that's, that's him. But, man, Ninja Turtles, hell of a soundtrack. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. he nails it. Aside from some of the terrible, like, super dated rap songs that are on the soundtrack, like, the original mm-hmm. score is fantastic. You're saying um, you don't like Technotronic? Uh, I don't know who that is, but all I know is the T U R T L E power just drives me. I remember being in like Canada. That's pretty bad. In Canada on vacation with my family, and like that song was in the jukebox at like whatever campground we were at that had like a pool table in it. And I would just pump quarters into that jukebox and play the stupid T U R T L E song over and over again. I'm sure they loved you in that place. Well, there was, I mean, the, the plus side is the only people there were me and my parents and like the neighbor that went with us. The downside is I think they all hated me <laughs> after that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So we, we keep walking through. We see, uh, man, this this robbery from the truck here. Yeah. This shot is so great. I kind of wonder how they did this shot. So you got the back of the truck that's filled with all these boxes and stuff. It's probably just those like six boxes that we can see on frame, though. You got to imagine they're all just empty boxes, right? Right. Yeah. Like there's no weight to them. And then they just they're gone long enough and the camera moves long enough. And you can actually see the truck shaking a little bit as you watch yeah. that. The crew is just like, get everything out as, as quickly as but- possible. My question is, okay, these two guys are, what, maybe five, six feet from the truck. How do they not hear Rachel, that all their stuff is getting come stolen? Come on. Ninjas are ninjas. ninjas. Okay, 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 okay. If, if, I, if I had to guess, though, I would say um, the the boxes in that truck, it's probably just like the, can we, mm-hmm. it's probably just like the 10 or 15 boxes that you see in that frame, and they're probably all, A, empty, and B, all taped together. Yeah. So it's probably just like just pull the whole wall of boxes yeah, out at one, one big shot. swoop. Yeah. And then possibly my favorite part of anything that before the turtles show up on screen is this woman on her fire oh, escape this watching the I Love New York TV <laughs> with her little box garden and her little Afghan. What, what is she watching? What is the, she the watching? News? All right. Maybe, maybe Golden going around Girls. The Golden Girls. All right. I say Urkel. Urkel. No, this was 1990. Was that well? That yeah, might have been. Wasn't really. That might have been on. Uh, it was early 90s. Listen, uh, I in in my heart of hearts, it's it, Family Matters. All right. Uh, maybe 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 she's watching a very powerful episode of Oprah. Oh, she could totally be watching. She's either watching soaps or she's watching like uh, The Price Is Right, <laughs> or like reruns of uh, The Monkeys. She's not watching the monkeys. She's not. It's got to be broadcast bunch. television, right? Yeah. She's got rabbit yeah. ears up on that thing. Yeah. Or no, it's like it's like it, no. She doesn't have rabbit ears, but she's. Uh, I don't see like. She probably does. Yeah, there's no, <laughs> no, no. She, yeah. She's watching over the air, and she's probably watching like soaps or or game shows. Her little huh is my favorite. <laughs> like aside from the Wilhelm scream. Which, if you don't know what the Wilhelm scream is, look it up. This is my favorite sound effect of any movie, like any vocal overdub. And it, it pains me that it's not used more often. Yeah, it, it should be that thing that we just always It should be hear. as famous as the Wilhelm scream. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I want to take that and I just want to use it as a drop anytime something interesting happens on the show. Just be like, uh-huh. We need it's a vaguely soundboard. Tim yeah. the Toolman Taylor-ish, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and then later she says hey yeah which is totally clearly someone else's voice stole her tv man she 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 had to work hard to get it out there like that thing probably weighed a ton yeah, yeah. and that window is kind of tiny yeah yeah 
And I'm pretty sure it's illegal to have that stuff set up on your fire escape. Oh, so yeah. I'm just just throwing that out. But there. it was it was 1990. The cops had much more important things to worry about. Mm-hmm. Yes, like murder. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, cops shoot other cops by accident. <laughs> Yes, apparently they're all out for each other, too. The New York City police force in this movie is really not on their best game. Yeah. Oddly, um, that happens more often than you'd think. <laughs> well, it's unfortunate. Well, I don't feel like getting into that right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to see what kind of car that is. It's probably a Buick. The van? Old. No, the, the car in the scene after the TV is stolen and you see the guy running away. There's oh, a, yeah. Like a Lincoln or something. Yeah. yeah, it definitely. It looks like it's from the seventies, almost seventies yeah, or eighties car. It's just an, an old car out there in like you know, yeah, low end neighborhood, yeah. trashy car. Um, mm-hmm. And then we, we end this minute with uh, a lovely dumpster for the Western Rubbish Service Dumpsters. phone number seven two three one six four two. Area code And I think is that an MXPX graffiti on the wall there? I don't think MXPX was a thing yet. Mad Cat, I see. What is MXPX uh, for those of us who don't know? Because I don't know. A band. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're a, a yeah, they're a pop punk band. Oh, yeah. interesting. Um, Maybe this sure. is them just getting started out. Maybe MXPX. Maybe they were the was guys working. putting all the Sid Vicious yeah, stuff they, in they the were, movie. They yeah, were working yeah. on dressing the sets. <laughs> they're like, hey, this alleyway doesn't have enough natural graffiti already. Let's go ahead and just put this in here. Or, or this is how MXPX got their name. Yeah, they just. Ninja Turtles. Yeah. <laughs> It's like oh some guy's God. tag, and he's like, That's yeah. how I'm finding my band names from now on, is I'm just going to look at the graffiti <laughs> in the Ninja Turtles movie. <laughs> um, I I'm I think I'm good for this minute, guys, if you are. Mm-hmm. I, the only other thing I wanted to point out is uh, April has a beautiful piece of alliteration here, which she says something to the effect of skateboards and stereos off of store shelves and storage units, and I just thought that that was a very nice line. She's a very good reporter because she cares about good mm-hmm. use of the English language. Yeah, yeah uh, that's it's good. captivating. Although, you know, her report, like, it doesn't quite... Like, uh, how does she say it? Like, it doesn't make any sense. They're stealing <laughs> these valuable objects and no one can understand why. It's like, it's theft. They're stealing the valuable objects. Yeah. It's not hard. It's really like, like people want these things, but they don't want to pay for them. So they steal them. It's that part's not a mystery. <laughs> so I want to talk about that a little later about like where all these things are actually oh, yeah, going. Yeah. That's, um, a, that's a great scene. Yeah. And like. So that'll be a good question to bring up later. Why are these things being stolen? Um, but we'll talk about that later in another minute in the future. Um, but anyone else have anything else they want to talk about for this minute? No. Uh, all right. Then I guess we can call it. I want to uh, invite everyone to go take a look at duelinggenre.com and check out our Patreon where you can, uh, you know, send us uh, some money to get some cool stuff. There's a, a joint Patreon page over there for all the cool podcasts over at duelinggenre.com. Uh, and a little bit of money helps all those podcasts keep going, helps keep the cool stuff coming over your uh, internet waves. So if you want to support us or any of the other great podcasts over there, please feel free. Who knows? You might get some cool stuff. Uh, I want to thank our producer, Scott we know, Corelli. You, you will get some cool stuff. You, you will get some cool it's, stuff. It's not a possibility. <laughs> I want to thank our producer, Scott Corelli, and all the other great Movies by Minutes podcasts. Uh, Chris, Rachel, Adam, thank you guys. We'll see you all in minute number three. Bye. Bye. Later, dudes.